You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. The Michigan Opera Theater's new season is underway, and it's going to include a number of productions based on literary works, beginning with Tchaikovsky's adaptation of Alexander Pushkin's novel, Eugene uh, Onyegin, which runs at the Detroit Opera House from Saturday, October 13th to Sunday, October 21st. Detroit Today producer Jake Neer spoke with some of the folks from MOT about the new season and heard two live performances, beginning with a performance from Eugene Onyegin by Harry Greenleaf, a baritone in MOT's studio program. Wonderful. Harry Greenleaf, baritone in his second year of Michigan Opera Theater's studio program. Uh, Harry, as you're sitting down, I know that you uh, you know, had to make a little journey there uh-huh. from where you were standing. Talk a little bit about that piece that you just sang. Okay, so this is um, from Act One of Eugene Onyegin. Uh, when we first met, 
uh, Onyegin, he was being introduced to Tatiana and Olga and her family um, as a friend of Lenski. Uh, Onyegin is, is uh, a higher figure in this area. He's uh, kind of a noble guy. After meeting Tatiana, she falls really head over heels for him, and she has an entire scene where she's writing this letter to him, pouring her love out for him. So Onyegin has now returned to kind of tell her off, be like, I, I've gotten your letter, I've gotten your outpouring of love, but I can't return this to you. It's just girlish love. You know, we couldn't be married. Uh, it's a very cold response to her passion. Mm. There's a lot going on, I imagine, while you're on stage there. Not only are you acting, you're singing, uh, and in Russian, too. I mean, talk about, <laughs> you know, what's going through your head. I mean, is it all muscle memory at that uh, point? Or? Yeah, a lot of it's muscle memory. Um, this is my first time really working in Russian. Uh, yeah, we, it's like starting from, from, from zero. I mean, I, I studied a lot of languages in school, but not Russian, so mm. it's... It, I'm fortunate that my other language studies have, have allowed me to pick up the pace with learning this. You just recognize certain sounds. You start to pick up words and grammatical structure. So um, I think the more I do Onyegin over the years, the more it'll start to feel like real language and rather than just sounds. Sure. And we'll talk a little bit more about Eugene Onyegin uh, a little bit later. But I wanted to get your thoughts on what attracted you to opera in the first place. <laughs> Well, yeah, you know, I, nothing actually attracted me to opera in the first place. Hmm. Um, I am local. I grew up in Wixom, Michigan, just about 30 minutes from the studio. And um, I went to the Waldeck School District my whole life, and they had great music teachers there. So I was always in choir and band and in the school musical. So when I went to Michigan State for my undergraduate studies, I wanted to be a music teacher. But uh, a stipulation of my scholarship was that I had to audition for the opera. And so, I mean, I knew what opera was. Uh, some of the cliche things that everybody knows. Um, so I was like, all right, well, it's just the school play, just a little harder. And um, I kept being cast in the school play, and I decided to make a career out of that, and I'm still doing it. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer, and I'm here with Arthur White, the director and external affairs of the Michigan Opera Theater, co-host of MOT's podcast, Opera Here. Uh, you just heard from Harry Greenleaf, a baritone in his second year of MOT's studio program. Also here is Erica Hobbs, communications manager for MOT, and Michael Day, a tenor in his second year of MOT's studio program. And uh, so it's a little bit of a studio today, and I really appreciate you all being here. Uh, Arthur, I want to talk to you a little bit about Eugene Onegin. Uh, what is this opera? And talk about, you know, it's sort of its significance in the season. Well, thank you, first of all, Jake, for having us here this morning. Uh, Michigan Opera Theater is opening its 48th season with this masterpiece. It's been nearly 20 years since we've mounted a production of this opera. So some of our listeners may not have seen a production of this, uh, certainly not here in town, maybe elsewhere. So we're very excited to open with this uh, opera. Uh, by Tchaikovsky. By Tchaikovsky on a... On, uh, on, a, on a novel in verse by uh, Alexander Pushkin. Um, Erica Hobbs, communications manager at MOT. Talk a little bit about the, the season. This is one masterwork, literary masterwork, of, of many in, in the season. Yes, exactly. So what's really interesting about this year is that our opera series is celebrating masterworks in literature. So with Eugene Onegin, it's not as familiar a story uh, as something like Crime and Punishment or War and Peace in this country, but in Russia, it is considered one of their top literary works. And Alexander Pushkin is considered um, 
kind of the father of a lot of their literature. So it's a it's a really big deal. It's a really well-known story uh, in other parts of the world. But it really is just the beginning of a whole series that we're doing. So um, come next year, we've got Candide, Voltaire's Candide in 2019, March. Uh, we also have Hansel and Gretel, which, of course, is a well-known Grimm's fairy tale. And Maybe then, not so well-known as an opera, though. No, and, and, you know, that'll be a really cool production because that one's got a lot of... Um, puppets, like a lot of really cool effects and things (laughs) like that. So that one will be really fun. Um, And then our season ends with The Grapes of Wrath, which of course is the American classic by uh, John Steinbeck. Um, And then I do have to mention we are doing The Barber of Seville in November, which, um, I mean, that's based on a Beaumarchais play, you know, of course. Um, So kind of fits into the whole series, but it's, you know, it's very well loved. So um, people are really going to enjoy that as well. Uh, Arthur, this is our moment for a little shameless plug here. Yes. Uh, you are the co-host of Michigan Opera Theater's podcast, Opera Here. Right. Uh, full disclosure, it's a podcast that I produce. So uh, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, what people can expect this is the second season of the, of the podcast. Uh, you know, what does it offer for people who are both either opera aficionados or people who are just new to the art form uh, completely? One of the things we love about these podcasts is, you know, sometimes it's going to re- online and maybe read about a plot summary isn't always as much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but listening to a podcast where you can listen on demand, you can learn about the story, you can learn about the backstory about what's, what, you know, how these pieces were came about, how they were written. You can learn about our production. We had, uh, for example, on the Onegin, we were able to uh, interview Tatiana mm-hmm. uh, Corinne Winters, who is uh, a fabulous soprano who's called coming us from to London. Detroit. That was wonderful. She called in from London. She was. Uh, singing a performance of Verdi Requiem, and mm-hmm. so late that night, uh, she called into the studio. We were able to capture a wonderful interview with her, where she really talked about, got deeply uh, into the character of Tatiana and what she's going to bring to this production. So uh, the podcasts are just a wonderful with myself and uh, Andrea Scobie. Uh, we're just happy to kind of make it sort of a very approachable, not very long. We want to keep it short mm-hmm. and to the point, uh, compelling. Uh, you also have some musical clips. We highlight uh, several of the great moments uh, at the end of um, Onegin, one of the greatest moments, this excruciating love duet that uh, you know brings a tear to my eye every time I see it. And so you also get clips of music as well. And, you know, we, we shouldn't ignore the fact that this is the first uh, season at MOT since the passing of founder David DiChiara. Let's talk a little bit about um, both his legacy and also how it might be acknowledged uh, throughout the season. Yeah, of course. Um, You know, we're all still mourning David. He was so well-loved, not just within the MOT family, but everywhere. And I remember, um, you know, when he was doing his retirement and I would sit in with his interviews and every single person that knew him wasn't, didn't just like, like him, but loved him. He was the kindest man. He was so charismatic. And I think that's relatively rare to find such a leader who is that kind. You know, when you meet him, you are the most important person in the room. That's how he makes you feel. And that kind of sticks with everyone. You know, I think that's one reason where, you know, the people that have worked at MOT, so many of them have been there for decades. And part of the reason is because they love David so much. And that passion, I think, is going to continue on. And David, you know, he always had a huge vision. I mean, bringing opera to Detroit at a time where people were leaving and, you know, wanting to always push the edge a little bit. You know, David 
was very much that opera was a living, breathing art form. So that means embracing new works, trying out new things, um, in addition to presenting the classical works and things like that. And he was also very passionate about young singers. You know, he was, um, you know, he established the MOT studio with the singers we have today. Mm -hmm. And that was another passion, is really making sure that we are supporting the next generation of singers, as well as embracing diversity. And that was huge. You know, he was um, a huge advocate for that. He's known for, you know, his colorblind casting you know, to um, pushing works that portray a variety of experiences that are different than kind of the classical um, canon there. So, I mean, he's done so many things and, you know, as sad as we are, you know, I mean, I only personally knew him for less than two years and I'm just grateful for the time that I did get to spend with him because he leaves that kind of impact on you. Mm. Can I throw my two cents in, Jake, Absolutely. as well? You know, think about this man. We say he was quite the visionary. For him to come in downtown Detroit to start an opera company in 1971, that was just after the Detroit riots. Mm -hmm. They thought this man was nuts trying to do this. And then a couple of years later, to take this old, dilapidated 1920s movie palace that didn't even have a, a roof on it to turn it into an opera house, they really thought he was nuts. Mm. And he turned that building into one of the most beautiful opera houses in all of North America. Mm. You're listening to Detroit Today. I'm Jake Neer. We're talking about Michigan Opera Theater's new season here, the 2018-2019 season. I'm speaking with Arthur White, Director of External Affairs for the Michigan Opera Theater, co-host of MOT's podcast, Opera Here, Erica Hyde. Hobbs, communications manager with MOT, uh, Harry Greenleaf, baritone in his second year of MOT's studio program, and Michael Day, a tenor in his also in his second year of MOT's studio program. And Michael, um, you're, you're going to hear uh, another performance here uh, from, from you this time. I'm curious uh, how you also found your way to opera. Uh, so like Harry, I kind of was slow on the uptake with opera. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I went to, when I was in high school, I had an incredible um, choir teacher who really sort of encouraged me uh, to pursue music. And uh, for that reason, I had in my mind that I wanted to be a high school choir teacher. Um, I ended up going to Indiana University. And they have a huge, huge opera program there. It's like one of the biggest, if not the biggest in the nation. Um, and so I had always loved singing, but I hadn't really found something that fit me, um, that I felt like I could really, you know, dig my teeth into. Mm -hmm. um, just I couldn't really find something that felt as natural to me. Um, and so when I found opera, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like something that I really could do. So it's funny, like I, when I tell people I'm an opera singer, they're like, oh, I don't I don't know anything about that. And I'm like, well, I didn't either until <laughs> right. people showed me, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it was it was really through um, IU that I uh, that I fell in love with opera and got into it. And now I'm here. I, I mean, I just assume for singers, there's something different that you have to discover about your voice to know that you can do this. Right. I mean, how do you discover that? in the first place. Well, like I said, it's funny because I always knew that I liked singing and like I always knew that I had a knack for it, but I I felt I always felt um especially in certain types of musical theater or any other genre really, I felt like this isn't really I just didn't it didn't feel as natural to me. Um and so then when I discovered like oh, other people that sing like I sing, you know, as like that sounds very simple and obvious, but um it takes someone showing you that. Um, so it was my teacher at, at IU, Sharmal Schrock was her name. So Sure. Tell us a little bit about the piece that you're going to be performing here. So this is uh, Lenski's second act aria. Um, from Eugene Onegin. From Eugene Onegin. Uh, like Harry said, in the first act, um, 
Onyegin sort of turns down Tatiana. Um, and then in the second act, we find ourselves at uh, Tatiana's name day ball. And Onyegin is there again, and Lenski is there again, uh, this character that I'll be singing. And Onyegin decides at this ball that he's going to flirt with Olga just to sort of get under Lenski's skin. And he is very successful at that. He thinks he's just teasing, but Lenski is very offended and feels very dishonored um, by Onyegin, who's, who's been his, lifetime friend, his lifelong friend. Um, and so he decides he's going to challenge him to a duel. And so uh, this aria that I'm going to sing takes place the morning of the duel. Um, Onyegin is, shows up late. And so Lenski has this moment to himself where um, he has this sort of inner monologue where he, I mean, he has a lot of thoughts, um, but the main one is he's sort of asking himself, when did I, um, when did I grow up? When did I lose the innocence of my childhood? Um, and what, something that I just, I always say about this aria, because I really love it, is that it starts and ends with the same sentence. And the sentence is, kuda, kuda, kuda vu udalilis, visnimaye zlatiyedni, which means, um, where, where, where did you go, you, um, the golden days of my childhood. Mm-hmm. So. We'll go out on this piece performed by Michael Day, tenor, in his second year of Michigan Opera Theater's studio program. And as he's walking up to the mic, just want to say thank you to everyone uh, for coming in today. Thank, Thank you, you for Jake. having us. Thank, Thank you, you for Jake. having us.
That's going to do it for us this week. I'll be back on Monday when we're going to talk about the proposal to legalize marijuana in Michigan all hour. Be sure to join us for that. Detroit Today is produced by Laura Weber-Davis and Jake Neer. Our program director is Joan Isabella. Our technical director and engineer is Matthew Trevethan. And our associate producer is Gus Navarro. Detroit Today's theme song was composed by WDET's Sam Bobian. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you on Monday. Oh